0: To you know that EVC is here today because there were other churches that believed in a young church planner who was 29 years old, a guy named Bart Howe. I don't know why they believed in me, but they decided to to uh, kind of come on board with us. And we have planted this church, and from the very beginning, we have wanted to be a church. That has not only been planted, you know that God is doing so much more than just only what's happening right here in the Eagle Mountain Saginaw area, right? Amen? I mean, God is at work all over the world and has invited us to be involved in that and uh from the very beginning we wanted to be a church that was not only planted but a church that was planting churches that that are planting churches that are planting churches that's how it's supposed to happen that's what god wants to do we're taking a break in our proverbs series i will be back in that next week but i was thinking this morning actually before the first service i was backstage just right over here and i was worshiping along with you and i was just praising god praising jesus And there was one of the songs, I believe it was the middle song that we sang, that asked this question, and it just struck my heart. Where would I be without you, Jesus? Have you thought about that in a while for yourself? Where would I be if someone had not taken the time to share the message of Jesus Christ with me? guys, he changed my life. I know many of you, he's changed your lives. Amen, right? Have you thought about that? Where would you be without Jesus in your life? I mean, I remember just being a high school kid right across the street over at Basel High School, and I remember how desperately lost I was, without Jesus, I was trying to figure out life and trying to find acceptance and trying to fit in with this group of people. And I was just so wrecked and so messed up, making horrible, terrible choices, trying to fit in and plug in. And then there were, there were some within a church that began to share Jesus Christ with me. I'm not talking about religion. What I'm talking about is a personal relationship with the living God, the one who made me, the one who knows me, and in spite of my sins still loves me and wanted me and pursued me. And I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I remember after that, I remember my life beginning to change, and I remember this this thought that I had, and I didn't even really know much about the Bible. I just knew that I wanted everybody that was around me that I was in school with, I wanted them to know about Jesus. I wanted them to understand what he had done in my life and how he was beginning to transform my life. And that's, and that's still, I want you to know, that is still my passion today. That is still what drives me uh, as a pastor to you today, is to not only make certain that you hear about Jesus and the gospel that can change your life. If you don't know that yet, we want you to understand who Jesus is, the real Jesus. But also understand that he has given those of us who have Christ in our lives the responsibility, amen, right? To be sure that everyone all over the world knows about Jesus Christ. To be sure that they know this, this message that can transform their lives. That's our passion, that is our, our joy to be able to share that. And so we are a church. We're not trying to be the biggest church. We are a growing church. You know that, right? I mean, we had to ask many of you to move to different services to make space specifically in this one. We have people that are watching all over the nation, and we welcome you online with us today. We're a growing church, but we're not trying to be just a big church without depth. We want to be a church that is a healthy church, and a healthy church and healthy believers is a church that is multiplying that it's multiplying and it's sending. We don't wanna be, you've heard us say, a cruise liner ship. We are called to be an aircraft carrier, where we are sending people out. So we are partnering with with a number of church planners all throughout our nation. I'm excited about what is happening with Pastor Jermaine and his wife, Jamina in Seattle. We met them a few years ago. I want you to know that the money that you give to what is called EVC Go has been helping them as we partner with them in that tough part of the country where it's very difficult to plant a new church. And, and by God's grace, they're, they're knocking it out of the park. Amen, right? Lives are being changed there. We shared with you last year about a church that we're partnering with in downtown Detroit. And God is doing an amazing work with Josh Bowers there and his wife in Detroit and today you've heard me talk about this I introduced this a little bit last week we're also partnering with a church that is a brand new church in Harlem New York we're going coast to coast in our partnerships amen right I mean we want to hit some of these areas where there are so many people that need to hear about Jesus Christ and it is my privilege today to introduce you to one uh, who has planted a church in Harlem New York Charles Wolford III is a passionate preacher of the gospel, and he has been serving youth and young adults uh, over the past decade. God though continues to to call him into more and more. He graduated from both Morehouse College as well as Dap- Dallas Baptist University. He is married to his beautiful wife Jordan, and she is originally from Atlanta, Georgia. Charles has dedicated his life to serving the local church and serving the next generation through, and what we talk about around here, through disciple-making, making making other disciples. And his favorite scripture is Psalm 27, because Charles says it reminds him that God is on his side, and that even in planting a church, like in a, a difficult place like Harlem, New York, he does not have anything to fear. God is with him, amen, right? As he does this, and as God has called him to this Charles and Jordan are currently living in Harlem, New York, where they are learning and serving the community, and they are seeking to plant and to grow Cross Creek, New York City. And so I want to ask you to help me welcome one of my new friends. Uh, I want you to welcome with me Charles Wolfer. Will you welcome him? Give, me any, give him an ABC welcome. We are so excited about what God is doing. In uh, in your life, Charles, and in the life of your new church, brother, we are with you, brother. Hey,
1: good morning, EVC. If you're glad to be in church this morning, can I hear you make some noise all over the building? Yes. I'm so grateful for this time with you, and it's also inspiring to see the other churches that you are investing in all over the nation and eventually all over the world, but I bid you greetings all the way from New York City, from the Big Apple all the way from Harlem, New York, where we've planted Cultivate NYC, and we are a baby church at, you know, the ripe age of four months old. Come on now. We are so grateful for what God has done. But this has been longer than a four-month journey. Me and my wife, we've been living in New York for almost three years when the Lord called us in, and it's churches like you that are generous, And give to these efforts that make all of this possible. So today, I want to share with you a little bit of how God called me into this mission field. And I want to share a little bit about how his heart for people inspired me to have a heart for people. But I also wanted to just show you some photos so you can celebrate what God has been doing through your generosity in the city of Harlem. So will you go with me to Matthew chapter 9, the gospel of Matthew, starting in chapter 9. And I just want to read a few scriptures to remind us of what Jesus did when he was starting his ministry. A lot of us know that Jesus started by being baptized by John the Baptist, and then he went to be tempted in the wilderness, and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And when he came out of the wilderness, he literally hit the ground running and started calling and making disciples. But then he did more than just that. You can also find this in Matthew 4, where it says the exact same thing But in Matthew 9, verse 29, it says this, And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction. And this is the part that touches me. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion. Everybody say compassion. He had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Will you pray with me as we seek to uh, learn from His Word today? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for a Savior in your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that He gave us a blueprint for ministry. For when He came out of the wilderness, He started to make disciples. And he went to every city teaching and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And it also says that he was healing every disease and every affliction. But I'm so grateful for what he saw when he saw people. It says that he saw them helpless like sheep without a shepherd, but he had compassion for them. Lord, I pray that here at EVC and even all over the world that you would start to give us a heart like your son. That when we see the crowds, when we see people, when we see the lost, that we would not see them with judgment, but we would see them through the eyes of compassion. It's in Jesus' name we ask all these things. And everyone say, amen. Amen. Uh, will you tap your neighbor? Come on now. It's, it's, it's the second service. and now you're still trying to wake up. I hope you got your coffee. And I'm going to be very energetic because I'm super hyped to be here. But I want you to tap your neighbor to your left and say, Jesus loves you. And I love you, too. Oh, come on now. Put a smile on. Be nice. Come on now. Now tap your other neighbor, the attractive one, and say Jesus loves you, and I love you too. I just call some drama on somebody's row, and I apologize. Oh my gosh. In 2019, me and my then-girlfriend, Jordan, uh, we took a trip to New York for her birthday, and we got to see all of the touristy stuff. We went to Times Square, and we went to the museums, and we went to see the Statue of Liberty, and we just did all of that stuff. And towards the end of that trip, I remember telling her, man, I like New York, but I could never live here. I think I put ever on, like never, ever, ever, ever live here. This is great, but let's go back to Texas. And God is so funny. I think when we say the word never... He like already starts to write a plan to prove us wrong. Because little did I know that the very next year that I would propose to her and she would say yes, and then the Lord would call us to an amazing work in New York. We received an opportunity to plant a church in Harlem, New York. A place that I had no compassion for, no vision for. I had no idea why he would call me to New York. But the thing is, When Jesus calls you into a city, when he calls you into a mission field, it's not so that they can experience you. It's so that they can experience his presence. Because when his presence enters into a city, when his presence enters into a borough, when his presence enters into a neighborhood, things start to change. Supernatural things happen when you bring the presence of Jesus into a place. And there are many places around this world, and they're not like Fort Worth. They're not like Arlington. They're not like Atlanta. They're not like places where there are churches everywhere that are generous and preaching the gospel and making disciples. There are dark places where there are people just like us who are in desperate need of the gospel. And he's calling laborers into the harvest. But he's not just calling anybody. He's calling people who desire to share his heart for the crowd. If you look at Matthew chapter nine and go back to verse thirty, uh, verse thirty-five, there are a few things that Jesus did when he brought his presence to these cities. Will you read it with me? It says, "And Jesus went throughout the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and then it says he started proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom." So, just first, when Jesus shows up, things start to happen. People start to receive the truth. People start to hear the word. And I know that that doesn't sound exciting. I wish this was like a game show and I can say when Jesus shows up, cars start to come, money starts to come, houses start to be received. But when you hear that the truth is taught and the kingdom is proclaimed, there's something that supernaturally happens in people's lives that none of us can take credit for. And then it says, after he taught and he proclaimed the kingdom, He started to heal every disease and every affliction. So not only do people start to hear the truth, but he starts to heal. Because how many of you know we come to church and we are broken? We don't come to church perfect. We don't come to church with all of our lives together. We don't come to church in the best version of who we are. And Jesus meets us right where we are. And thank God he doesn't just throw scripture at us. And he doesn't just throw the Bible at us. But he cares for our spiritual needs along with our earthly needs. Jesus compels us to be compassionate for the whole person. Because that's what he did when he showed up to the synagogues. He preached, he taught, and he healed And in 2020, when the Lord called me and my wife to plant, we had no idea how he would make this happen. And I had no idea why he would call me to a place where I said, never, ever, ever, ever. It's because he wanted me to adopt his heart for these people. Jesus gave us a blueprint for ministry. He called people into discipleship. Then he went to different cities and he proclaimed the truth And he didn't just care for their spiritual needs. He also had compassion. Do you know what compassion is? See, me, when I hear words, I go straight to the dictionary and get the definition. Compassion is a deep concern for another person's suffering. Oh, come on now. Here in the Western world, in America, we don't like that. We like to just care about ourselves. Our prayers our self-centered. We know that Jesus saved us and he cares about us, but most of the time, We're concerned with ourselves. But Jesus showed up, and it says he was compassionate about the sufferings of others. If we are called to be disciples of Jesus Christ and follow in his footsteps, we also have to adopt his heart for other people. He didn't just care for himself. And if we're going to follow in his footsteps, we have to have compassion for the people we know are living like sheep without a shepherd. And when you are very generous like you are, you give resources to people like me who are called to cities and called to different places to plant churches. And I didn't want to just read some scripture to you and just tell you some stuff. I really want to show you some pictures and really give you some stories about how God through generosity, has blessed us to be a blessing for our community. So because of your generosity, because of Jesus calling us, we are able to have a place to start proclaiming the gospel. Let me tell you something. I'm a preacher. I am not a slideshow designer. So I already see you looking at the slideshow like, what is this? I did my best. Come on now. Sometimes you got to just do your best, and you copy and paste some pictures, and you type some stuff, so don't judge me now. This is, this is a C-minus presentation, but you can still see what the Lord is doing. Amen. Amen. So we are proclaiming the gospel. And the thing about New York is we don't always have large churches and big rooms to preach in. This is in a basement. And we were able to preach the gospel. And this is another one of our pastors. His name is Luke. He moved from Indiana to come plant with me in New York. And we were preaching The gospel, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. There were some Sundays where it was us and one person. Then there were Sundays where there were 10 people. And if you see, we just stayed faithful and people started to come. And after we started proclaiming the gospel, you see on the next side, we started to baptize believers. Oh, come on now. If you can't celebrate anything, you can celebrate people putting their faith on display. And everyone who we baptize has their own story. If you come to our church, you'll be surrounded by people from all different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different career paths, but they're all just like us, people in the crowd seeking to see Jesus. If you look right here, this is me baptizing a brother named Andrew, and he is a Broadway artist, and he has—he you can go to Apple Music and find his music right now. But he's sitting next to another sister named Bianca, who our community engagement pastor Robin, he's been preaching the gospel in the community for the past 10 years and staying faithful. And she's a single mother of three boys. And before we came, she did not have a church home. All she had was when Robin would come on the weekends and preach to her kids in the community. And now that we have a church, and now that we have started preaching the gospel. The Lord drew her in, and we were able to baptize her. And she was able to come to Christ. And now she not only has family in the community, she now has a church family. And because of your generosity, we're able to see people like Andrew and Bianca and another brother named Alex come to Christ and because of your investment and in your prayers, lives are changing. I don't want you to think that your investment is small. I want you to really understand that it goes a long way and lives are being changed forever because you're generous. Your pastor told me that you were doing a series in Proverbs, so I sprinkled some Proverbs in my presentation. So I wanted to read to you Proverbs 21, verse 23. Proverbs 21, verse 20, I mean, verse 13, and it says, Whoever closes his ear to the cry of the poor will himself call out and not be answered. Like I said before, D- Jesus didn't just care. He had compassion. And this proverb reminds us that you can't be Christ-like and not care for people. I'm going to say that again because somebody didn't hear me. You cannot claim to be Christ-like but not care for people. Your life as a disciple of Christ cannot be revolved around just you. Your heart should start to change, and you should start to have compassion for people, watch this, who can't give you anything in return for your kind deeds. Why do we love people like that? Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That means he paid a price for us knowing that we could not pay him back. He loved us so much that he didn't ask for anything in return but our faith. And we respond to his love by loving people with that same love. So you can't claim to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and not care for people and he answers your prayers so that you can be an answered prayer for someone else. There's someone on your job, someone in your family, someone in your social circle, someone in your network who only you, if you share your story, will be able to reach. They're not gonna come to church, they're not gonna stream, but they will hear your story. And God calls people into his kingdom not just so they can be saved and reap the benefits of salvation, but so they can be a blessing to other people. If the Lord has saved you, that means that he has use for you in his kingdom. There is no such thing as a useless believer in God's kingdom. He doesn't call us to just come sit and hear messages. He calls us to be laborers in his harvest. If you keep clicking, another thing that you've empowered us to do is to continue worshiping in truth. So if you see here, we went, we leveled up. We went from the uh, basement and we got to a theater and we started to continue to worship. God continued to grow our body. And we, we launched not only with a baptism service, but we just had a praise party where it was just a big service full of just worshiping the Lord for all of the things that he has done. And because we preach the truth, those worship songs start to come to life to people. They're not just words. they are things that bless people's hearts. And not only are we worshiping in truth, but God is calling us outside of our church, if you go to the next slide, to care for the crowds. Because the church is not just called to be the church within the four walls. There are people who we need to take the church to them right where they are. So we serve a community called the Grant Houses. This is an underserved, below-the-poverty-line project area in Harlem. And it's often looked over by churches because it's not the Instagram-friendly place. You don't take pictures here. It's not super fly to be in this area. It's not cool. But there are people who desperately need the love of Jesus Christ. They don't need people to come and throw the Bible at them. They need people to come and be the hands and feet of Christ and to live it out before them. So every summer we do a a thing called Family Day where we just throw a big block party and we play music and we bless the families and we let the kids have fun and we share the gospel. And people who would have never come to church, this is our one chance to share the gospel with them. And then every Friday, what Robin, our community engagement pastor, does, he pulls up to kids after they come out of school, and for 30 minutes, he does a fun gospel presentation to them. Every weekend, we have the opportunity to minister to elementary and middle school kids and their parents. And single mothers like Bianca have come to Christ because we have the resources to do things like this. And I encourage you to be generous when it comes to EVC Go. And understand that partnership goes even beyond you giving. If you want to come and be a part of what we have going on, let us know. We have mission trips throughout the entire summer. If you want to come to New York, some of y'all, you don't need, a, you don't need any more reasons to come to New York. New York is amazing. It's super fun. And you get to be on mission but also see the beautiful city and fall in love where, where God is doing some great things. But the Lord calls us to be compassionate and care for the crowds, even in places where you may be uncomfortable to step into. Let me give you another proverb, Proverbs 11, verse 25. And it says, whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. Let me give you a secret when it comes to blessings. When you pray for the Lord to bless you, A sure way to make sure that he blesses you is for you to connect it to how you can bless other people. The Lord blesses us so we can be a blessing. He wants to know that if he gives to you, that it won't just stop at your hand. Can he trust you with the resources? The scripture says, if you're faithful over the few things, he will make you ruler of many. He can give you much if he knows that you'll be generous with what he gives you. He wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing. It says if you bring blessing, you will be enriched. And if you water, you will be watered. The Lord is generous to us so we can be generous to others. And let's look at the next slide. Because of your generosity, we're able to cultivate community and continue to expand the the family of God in our city. If you look here, this is Luke, our discipleship pastor, and his wife, Shelby. And what's funny is they're both from Indiana, but now they have two sons who are born and raised New Yorkers. And if you look in the middle, it's us and our ginseng team and our worship pastor. And that was right after our family day. And we just were so happy to be outside. It was super hot, but we were, you know, cooled by the Holy Ghost. But anyway, on this side, that was Robin and his wife, Jessica, in the, the neighborhood that he's been serving for the past decade. And because of his labor for 10 years... We were able to partner with him and bring him on, and now he has a church to invite those same families to that he stayed faithful to for the past 10 years. We are cultivating community because you guys are being generous. And lastly, we are able to love our neighbors. So here are some pictures of our sending church coming on mission with us and doing just fun things like face painting and loving on our families. And we had some uh, barbers from the Bronx come and be able to just give people free haircuts. These are just little things we're able to do to share the love of Christ with people. You have no idea what small gestures of kindness will do for people. For some people, they are hard soil to reach with the gospel. But with a little kindness and a little bit of love, they'll be willing to hear the truth of the gospel. And every one of you in here, you have gifts, you have resources, and most of all, you have a story, a story that is unique to you. And someone needs to hear how your story was impacted by his story, how when you heard the gospel and how when you received Christ, He took you, a broken person, a broken vessel, and in spite of who you are and your past and your mistakes, he loved you and covered you in grace and mercy, and now he's using you for a great purpose. And that the person who's hearing your story, they can have that same testimony because it's not a desire that anybody would perish. We are all called to be laborers in his harvest. Let's finish this scripture and we're going to close this message. Let's go back to Matthew 9, starting at verse 37. After he proclaimed the truth, and after Jesus healed in the synagogues, he had a word with his disciples because he knew that he would soon leave and that they would plant the church. And not only did he want them to see his love in in real time, he wanted them to know that while he's gone, there's things that they can do to continue what he started for his harvest. Verse 37, he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Meaning you'll never run out of people who need to hear the gospel. But it's often hard to find people who are willing to labor so people's lives can be impacted. Verse 38, he says, Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. And I want you to pray with me that not only would the Lord touch other churches like you to be generous and give resources to churches and underserved communities, but also that people would heed the call to plant, to go on mission, and to go to the tough places where he is calling people onto himself. We thank you for your partnership, EVC. And we celebrate all that God is doing through your church, through your generosity, through your faithfulness. And as someone who we are blessed because you guys decided to be a blessing, I wrote this message as a love letter to you and to show you that Jesus's heart is what we adopt when we enter into these cities. And because of your generosity, we are bringing the presence of Jesus into these places. And just as he did in this text, he's continuing to do the same thing wherever the gospel is preached, wherever where the kingdom is being expanded. Because of your generosity, disciples are being made and lives are being changed. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you have given us an example of what it means to have compassion. We thank you for seeing us and not just seeing sinful broken people, but you saw people with purpose. You saw people that if they just had a shepherd and if they had an example to follow, that they could be world changers and kingdom builders. I thank you for our family here at EVC and their generosity that makes the kingdom work in Harlem and the kingdom work in other cities possible. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want your name to be known. And in the end, we know that you will get all of the praise, honor, and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray.